So today we're continuing on with looking at the seven signs in John's Gospel. And the first one was Jesus at the wedding at Cana where he turned water into wine. The second was the healing of the official son. The third one was last week the lame man at the pool at Bethesda. And today we're looking at the fourth miracle, which is when Jesus fed the 5,000 people. Aside from the resurrection, this feeding of the 5,000 people is the only story that is in all of the four Gospels. So I think this is clearly a significant miracle for the disciples and for the people of the day. And I think that we just take this for granted because really food is pretty easy to come by for us today. Even if you don't have much money, you can go around Sutherland Shire and I think Linda worked out that every day in the week you can get a full meal as well as some food. And of course, New Beginnings is one of those places where you can come to get some, some food. So we don't have to till the ground, we don't have to plant the seed, pray for rain, we don't have to harvest, we don't have to grind the seed and then bake it to make the bread. We don't have to kill the fattened calf, we don't have to butcher it. That is all done for us. So I think for us, food is pretty easy. But in Jesus' day, it was a significant part of the life of the people. There was food to buy, but most people spend a lot of their time making food for themselves. So the feeding of the 5,000 people was significant. So we're going to read through the story together, and it's from John 6, 1 to 13. And it begins sometime after this. Firstly, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yep, good. So sometimes after this. The after this is the healing at the pool of Bethesda and the fuss that the Pharisees made concerning Jesus' healing on the Sabbath. And Simon last week showed how the religious people were putting the rules before the grace of God. And this is what was happening. Jesus was showing that not only is he the Lord of health and everything else in our lives, he is also the Lord of the Sabbath. And this is what upset the Pharisees so much. And so this story started to spread and people began to hear about Jesus and his claims as being the Messiah and, and hearing about the wonderful things that he was doing. So, sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the miraculous signs he had performed on the sick. Now this is a crowd that has come from a number of towns around. These people have disrupted whatever they're doing in their daily lives because they want to come and hear and see what Jesus is doing. They want to be part of it. And although Jesus crossed over from where he had done the miracle with healing the lame man, still people followed him and came to be with him and hear what he had to say. So continue with the reading. Then Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. Now this, this is a pattern of Jesus going to a remote place and going up onto a mountainside. It's not a mountain like Mount Kosciuszko. It's really just a bit of a, uh, a mound, really. But he would go up to the centre of it and the disciples would sit around him and then the crowds would sit around him, a bit like he did on the Sermon of the Mount. 
And it's interesting that John is the only one who mentions that it was near the Passover feast. And I wondered why he did that. I think it's because Passover was such a significant event in the Jewish calendar because it marked the day when they were liberated from the oppression of the Egyptians. It is the day when the angel of the Lord came and, and if you had your mark on your doorpost, then you weren't affected. And they had a meal that night, and it was a special meal, and it involved bread. And it's the time when they really began to become form as a nation under God. And it also reminded them of the time when they were in the wilderness and the manna from heaven was coming down and, and God was providing for them what they needed. And I think John was also looking back, when he was writing this story, he was looking back at what Jesus has done and he was remembering the Passover, the last Passover that he had with Jesus, where, he, where Jesus gave them the bread and the wine and said, do this in remembrance of me. And so I think... Jesus, John writing this story is thinking of Jesus as being the bread of life. And so that's why the fact that it's near Passover is so significant for John. On with the reading. And the next one. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked him only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. And Philip answered, eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Now in the Greek, it says that it would take 200 denarii to feed all the people who were there. So what the translators have done for us, they've worked out how much 200 denarii was in the day of the people and said that it's eight months' wages. So I looked up what the average wage of a male is today and it's $75,000. And I know that a lot of us don't earn anywhere near that, but that's what it is in Sydney, $75,000. So eight months is $50,000. This $50,000 worth of food was needed to feed the people that day. That's a lot of food. Back to the reading. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will that go among so many? Jesus said, have all the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. So it was a custom in the day of the Bible only to count the men. I don't think we should be offended women. It was just easier for them to count the men. And so this means it doesn't include the number of children and women who were there as well. And it is likely that there were more than 5,000 women and more than 5,000 children. And many Bible scholars believe that the actual number of people fed that day was 15 to 20,000 people. So to give you an idea of what that crowd looks like, if you think of Shark Park, the home of the Cronulla rugby team, it has seating capacity for 11,000 people and then with standing room, it seats 22,000 people. So if you think of Shark Park as being full on a day when sharkies are playing there, that's how many people Jesus fed.
And again, I think we have to realise just how much food this is. For those of you who work in the cafe, or if you've ever prepared a morning tea or an afternoon tea for men's or women's fellowships, or even when we have a combined lunch, just think about how much food we need and think about the number of people that we're feeding. It's a lot of food for a small number of people. So I think we need to get the enormity of what Jesus is doing in this miracle. So back to the reading. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. And he did the same with the fish. When they had had enough to eat, and I'll just pause there, because everyone had enough to eat. It wasn't that they just had a snack or they just made do. They had enough to eat. And Matthew's Gospel said that they ate and all were satisfied. So when they had had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten them. 12 baskets. I don't know how big the baskets were, but even if they're small baskets, that's a lot of leftovers. Not only were people satisfied, but there was more than was needed. So I think this miracle says a few things to us about Jesus. Not just that he is God and that he is God over creation and he can multiply physical matter. It says a lot about his grace and his care for us. And I think there are four things that we can take from this story. And the first one is that Jesus sees your need. And it's not just spiritual need. Yes, we all need a saviour and we know that Jesus sees that need. But he also sees our physical needs and our emotional needs and they are important to him. And of course we know that God sees our needs, but I think sometimes we think it's only a small matter compared to the enormity of the kingdom of God. But we see here that Jesus recognises hunger and he satisfied it. So today, let me ask you, what are you hungry for? What is it that you really need? Is it more money? Is it a better relationship with someone? Is it health? Is it security? I don't know what it is, but whatever it is you need, it doesn't matter because Jesus sees it. And the second point is that Jesus will meet your need. Now I I think that's a fairly bold statement to make because in my case, I don't always feel like Jesus meets my needs. Now I know that's not something that you should say from the pulpit, but it's the truth of where I am with God. My needs, sometimes I feel like God just doesn't satisfy them. So I don't know if you, if you notice when, when somebody becomes a Christian for the first time and they pray, Everything just seems to work for them. Their prayers seem to get answered. It's really exciting. And then as you go on in your faith, you pray and, I don't know, things just don't seem to happen with the same 
quickness or power as it used to. And maybe it's because we get lazy or I get lazy or I don't have enough faith. Maybe it's that. But I think also sometimes it's because God is doing something else in my life. And, you know, we say, well, it's not the right time or God is satisfying a different need. And I think that's true. I think all of us need to reconcile the fact of when we ask God for something and it doesn't happen, how do we still trust God in that situation? How do we trust him in every circumstance? Now, I imagine that some of the people who were there that day, they were pretty tired of fish and bread, and they probably wanted something else to eat for lunch. And I believe that Jesus could have provided a smorgasbord if he'd wanted to. He can turn water into wine. He can multiply bread and fishes. He could have done a whole great you know, hummus and all the whole Eastern... Middle Eastern cuisine if he'd wanted to. But he didn't. He used what was there and he fed the people bread and fish. He gave them what they needed. And we need to take this into our hearts and learn to trust him. And the third point is that Jesus will give you an abundance. He didn't just make sure that everyone was fed. There was still more if anyone was hungry. And I think we can have small expectations of God. Jesus demonstrates in this miracle that he sees our need. He moves to fill it and he will fill it in abundance. So we need eyes of faith to see God working in our lives in that way. Because Jesus is about filling our deepest, deepest needs. And when we don't understand why God doesn't seem to answer our prayers, then we need to pray for the eyes of faith because God will always answer that prayer. And lastly, the fourth point is that Jesus used what is offered. Little becomes a lot when we give it to God. You might not think you have much to offer God. I don't think any of us really do. But we can give him some of our money. We can give him some of our time. We can ask him to take our lives and use it for his purpose. We don't have to be smart. We don't have to be educated. We don't have to be fit. We don't even need to be healthy for God to use us. In 1 Corinthians Chapter 1, 27 to 28, Paul is talking about God and he says, But God chose the foolish things of the world, the weak things of the world. And then Jesus says to Paul, When you are weak, I am strong. In Zechariah 4, 6, God says, It's not by might, it's not by power, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord. And in Romans 12.1, we are encouraged to simply be a living sacrifice to God. To simply offer ourselves whatever we have and to rely on the power of God to use us to meet our needs and the needs of others in abundance. We worship an incredible, incredible God. A God who could take two fish 
five barley loaves and feed 20,000 people. He sees our needs, he meets our needs, he will meet them abundantly and all we have to do is offer ourselves to him. So I want to finish now by just spending some time with the Lord. Just come before God, just between you and him and just tell him what it is that you need. It might be that you need healing. It might be that you're not sure of your future. It might be that you're worried about one of your, your friends or your loved ones. Or it might be a specific physical need or a spiritual or emotional need that you have. So let's just come before God now and ask him to fulfill that need.